following podcast contains references to the consumption of alcohol. If you are not of legal drinking age, please do not consume alcohol. Also, if you are of legal drinking age, please drink responsibly. Ryan, and my favorite cult classic, I think, is Practical Magic, starring Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman. And I'm Matthew, and my favorite cult classic is gotta be, you know it, you love it, Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, yours is definitely a cult classic. It definitely had a cult following. I don't, the classic part seems weird because it came out while I was alive. (laughs) And classic seems like something, like, pre-1950. We still need to, like, have, like, a... That might be a fun podcast episode where we duke it out on if Napoleon Dynamite is a good movie or not. I thought you were going to say a good podcast. (laughs) It's like, I don't want to do another one just about Napoleon Dynamite. But, I mean, if we have to. A limited run podcast. (laughs) Oh, man. That'd be fun. Anyway, we're not talking about Napoleon Dynamite today. This is a podcast where we like to sit down, have a drink, and try to be succinct about various topics. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew, what are you drinking today? Um, hmm, that's a, that's a big question. I mean, what is drinking? What is today? I'll tell you what today is. It's Shandy Boy Summer, and I'm drinking a Shandy. <laughs> 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 Joke's on you. I was... I'm not going to get existential. I'm drinking a shandy. <laughs> what are you having, Ryan? You can't Ryan? get existential when you're on the island time. <laughs> yes, exactly. What are you sipping on? Um, I'm not drinking a shandy this week. Mm. Uh, I forgot it. we were recording, and when I bought groceries, I didn't buy more shandy. Hate to see it. So, I'm drinking a rum and coke, because I never learned my lesson. Ooh. Um, it does have a little bit of lime in there. Ooh, so spritz spri- it up a little. I tried to summer it up a little bit, yeah. have a little fun with it. I am also, it should be noted, I am drinking out of the mixer glass. I was about to say, I see, like, cocktail <laughs> names on that glass. <laughs> There's a lot. Um, eventually I would like to make them, because they seem like just pretty classic mm-hmm. drinks. Um, but I'm not there yet. I don't... I feel like it's sad to just make a bunch of cocktails on your own, so... Yeah. It's not a great look. Um, (laughs) Rum and Coke reminds me of going to a bar and being like, how fancy can I get? Then panicking and just being like, can I get a Rum and Coke? (laughs) Yeah. I know you can make this. (laughs) (laughs) That's... I feel like that's just decent bar etiquette, though. Like, it depends on the bar. Mm -hmm. I don't go fancy bars. (laughs) Yeah, I don't... (laughs) I feel like I have frequented one fancy bar, and the rest have been, like, the goal is to go and drink. Mm -hmm. So that's when you're ordering, like, your rum and Cokes, your 
vodka sodas, your vodka crayons, like yeah, one alcohol, one mixer, maybe a garnish. <laughs> maybe a garnish if you're lucky. Yeah, um, I remember. This is a horrible tangent, by the way, but uh, <laughs> uh, I do remember when we went. I think to a bar in Pittsburgh for yes. uh, New Year's. I got a whiskey sour, which is usually like in a old-fashioned glass. And they're like, do you just want a pint? And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I got a whole pint of whiskey sour, <laughs> which is not <laughs> good. <laughs> oh, man. I miss that bar. That was always a good a good space to, to be. That was one that I frequented after I got out of my... I just turned 21. I need to be drinking every week phase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did I only ever go there once or did I go there another time? I feel like you've been there a few times. Um, I think that maybe you were leaving. So you didn't like you were not staying in Pittsburgh that night. You had other you had to like do something the next day. So you, like, would make an appearance and then you would go. So I don't think that you, like... I wasn't, like, there, there. Yeah. I had a heart out. <laughs> As they say in the industry. <laughs> um, but, yeah. No, that was a good bar. If you're in Pittsburgh, Kansas, go to TJ Leland's. Yep. It's a sports bar, but the gays took it over, so it's just a good place to be. <laughs> talking about bars in Pittsburgh, Kansas. We're talking about Midsummer, the 2019 movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I recently watched it and then was like, Matthew, I also need you to watch this. And I did. And then we're going to talk about it. And it's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what is your, what is your history with Midsummer? Um... So I, around the time it came out, I heard of it, and I was like, going to put that in the brain as a movie I would like to watch at some point, and then I didn't watch it until you said, let's do an episode about it. So then I watched it. Uh, what's, I, what's your history? I had a very similar... <laughs> very similar thought. I remember when it was coming out and I was like, ooh, I really want to see that. Didn't realize that it was, like, horror for some reason. Huh. I'm sure it was marketed as horror. I don't think that I... I was just like, well, I mean, oh, pretty Norwegian background. Love it. <laughs> in your defense, you also didn't realize Mr. Bean's Holiday was a horror film, so... <laughs> Do you mean Christmas movie? No, I mean, I meant horror film. It's a nightmarish hellscape. <laughs> do you not remember? I do. Do we need to watch it again? <laughs> Please don't make me watch it again. Yeah, I'm, I'm not good at picking up on <laughs> on horror themes, I guess. Um, but no, I was I was really excited about it, and then I just never watched it. <laughs> and then my boss uh, was telling me about Midsummer. Um. And we were talking about that and then, like, other 
other like horror movies that are kind of like female driven mm-hmm. and she's like I really think you'll like it she's like it made me <laughs> it made me kind of want to start my own like uh woman led <laughs> feminist cult I was like yeah and then we talked about cult leaders for a bit and like if we thought that we could that's the that should have been the question how susceptible do you think you are to being roped into a cult that's a hard question because it's like out of that like me sitting here it's like I feel like I would know but in the moment you never know it just depends on how like it depends on the vibe of the person you get and like how good you are at reading them because I mean I'm not good at reading vibes but mm-hmm. I can usually tell when somebody's a cult sketchy. leader. <laughs> like at least sketchy. Can you one to five it for me? One to five it. Let's see. Or one to ten. One to that, ten. Let's do it. Let's do a broader scale. So one being not and ten being yes. Yeah, one being like you could tell instantly, and you tell them to just like f off. I'm not joining your weird cults. And ten being like, oh shit, it's three years in and I am just now realizing this is a cult and I cannot escape. I would say, and this might be a cop out, but I would say I'm probably a five. Because I mean, when you're in a cult, they make you do weird things. And I feel like I would, unless I was in like a weird, like, state of mind... I feel like I would pick up on the red flags, like making you wake up really early in the morning and play volleyball in the middle of the night and like that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. There's like, I feel like I would get that red flag. <laughs> I also think that I'm a five, but kind of like a different train of thought. I think that I would like go in thinking like, I can't be indoctrinated. I'm too stalwart. My brain is too big for this. I'm working on my thesis. (laughs) Spoilers for the movie. And then, like, three months in, they would, like, say something, and I would just be, like, instantly go to do it without thinking, and then I'd have a moment of clarity of, like, oh, shit, I'm in. Like, I'm in it, in it. I'm gonna die here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, I mean... I feel like there's that moment where cults go from not like normal, but like almost benign. And then there's that moment where it goes like, oh, shit's getting real. Yeah, I've also been the person who has and it's it's not a unique experience, but I have tried to convince other friends to join a commune with me. Mm hmm. To create a commune, not join one that already exists, but to, like, create a commune and, like, just live off the land. I think, ideologically, it's, it sounds idyllic, honestly. It sounds great. It sounds good until you put the people in it. And then that's when, like, power imbalances come to play, and that's just a dangerous game. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, I'm not super, like religious or like spiritual so Mm -hmm. i feel like that's a tick in in the 
not gonna get got box. Yeah, I could I could see that. Um, I don't know. I think I think that everybody is just like one really terrible week away from being roped into a cult. <laughs> You, you almost quoted the Joker. <laughs> oh, wait, is that the Joker? It sounds like I the don't. Joker, but... It probably is. It's probably that Joaquin Phoenix <laughs> Joker. No, because he's talking to Batman. He says, you're just one bad day away from being me. But now that I say that, I feel like it's a Marvel thing. But that doesn't matter right now, because we're talking about <laughs> Midsummer. <laughs> Wait, can you give us a quick update on the Spider-Verse? Um, so, I think they have confirmed that Alfred Molina and Jamie Foxx are playing their original characters from their respective films. Okay. Um, Zendaya is playing Michi. Ooh, that's a get. That's a get. Just kidding, she's not. It's a joke. It's from the internet. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's from a movie, but it's, a, from, it's from the internet about the movie. Um, but yeah, Sony's just kind of doing their own thing, whether Marvel likes it or not, too, so, I don't know, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Thank you for the update. <laughs> yep. I'll, I'll make up a theme song for Spider-Verse Watch. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> um, what were we talking about? Cults. Cults. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that... I think that there are circumstances in which that I would be roped into a cult. And I feel like that's kind of how they got Danny in the movie. By the way, if you have, we are talking about a movie that is only been out within the last couple of years. So if you haven't seen it and you don't want spoilers, this is not the episode for you, bud. Mm -hmm. And also, if we forget to put this in the description, content warning for some stuff. Oh, yeah, no, there is... For, like... Yeah. A lot. We'll get it in the description. <laughs> Woo! Okay. Yeah, no, there's a lot of dark themes right up front, and then some really... Yes, there's a lot of content warning. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of content in this movie that needs warned about. <laughs> there is. Um, do you want to do my favorite part? Which sure. is make you remember what happens in the movie. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant your favorite part of the movie. No. <laughs> so, okay. Give us that rundown, Matthew. I feel like this one's easy, though, because for an almost three-hour movie... Not a lot happens. So. Not a lot happens, but a lot happens. <laughs> yeah. So. The movie begins with Danny, played by Florence Pugh. And she is worried about her sister because her sister has sent her a weird cryptic email. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that her sister has committed a murder-suicide, killing her parents, and uh, that happens. And then she talks to her 
shitty boyfriend who is doing his thesis about it. And he's like, well, I'm going to go to Sweden. And she's like, oh, can I go too? And everybody's like, oh, sure. Because they weren't going to invite her. Because they're all Except for the Swedish guy. Well, he has his own motives. (laughs) We'll get to him. Um, So, yeah, she goes to Sweden with Swedish guy. Shitty boyfriend. Uh, Cheaty from the good place. (laughs) (laughs) And that other guy from stuff I've seen, but I couldn't tell you why. The most recent thing, and I'm sure he's been in other things since then, is the Netflix Black Mirror Bandersnatch movie. That's not what I know him from. I know him from something, but I don't know what I know him from. (laughs) He's the actor that kind of looks like um, a grown-up version of Sid from Toy Story. Yes. Was he in that movie? I thought you were going to ask if he was in Toy Story. (laughs) No. Was he in Toy Story? Uh, Was he in that movie with, like, Jennifer Aniston, Emma Roberts, and Jason Sudeikis? Was that him? Was that him? Were they pretending to be a family for some reason? Folks, this is unprecedented. This is an early edition of They're in That? (laughs) Of They're in That? Uh, I'm checking. Okay. I will continue Uh, my synopsis. Thank Um, you. So they go to Sweden for Swedish guys, like, communes, May Day Festival, and... Then they do some May Day festival in. They meet a uh, Swedish guy's brother who has two friends from London. Beautiful city, never been. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it seems normal. And then there's a scene where two like of the elders of the commune Uh, they they get their hands cut, then they rub it on a stone, and then they jump off cliff. And everybody's yes. like, "What the fuck is happening? Why uh, are they Will doing Porter. this?" The actor is Will Porter, and he is in Where the Millers. He does play that like Nailed awkward it. teen. Uh, yeah, that scene was rough. I think up to then, like there had been like suspense points. But nothing violent really happened on screen. Mm-hmm. It was very after the fact and then managing that. And then that was just like right there in the moment. Yeah. So that happens. And the people who aren't from the commune kind of freak out. Naturally. I don't think that I would handle watching Yeah. two elderly folks... Um, jump off a cliff. Because it, it, it kind of goes rough for the guy. It to does. To say the least. Yes. Um, That's actually one of my, like... I like had to pause the movie as soon as he was off screen for a second, and then, like, am I going to finish this? <laughs> mm-hmm. Is it just going to be like this for the rest of the movie? Yeah. Um, so... And it wasn't, but it reminded me of... There was a very distinct point in which I quit watching The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think it was, like, early season two. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> was able to handle the zombies and, like, that that kind of gore all day. 
Um, but there was a point where one of the characters, like, tries to, like, jump off a building onto a dumpster and misses and, like, gets a fence post through his leg. Yeah. And that's where I drew the line for some reason. <laughs> like, the that line was the overfill. Right through that guy's leg. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then this also had a leg-based issue with the gentleman. Mm-hmm. And it was rough to watch. Yeah. So that happens. Yes. And then the people from London freak out and they disappear and they're told that they left. Mm-hmm. The The people that stayed are told they left. And then uh, Chidi wants to see their book for his thesis. And then he takes pictures without them asking and then he disappears. And then... Actually, I think the kid from where the Millers disappears first because he goes to hook up with the lady. He goes to hook up with the lady and he, like, pees on, like, a sacred tree. Like, an absolute dickhead American. <laughs> did you watch the director's cut or did you watch the theatrical cut? I have no idea. Because <laughs> I watched the theatrical cut and I don't remember that. And I know there's two cuts of the film... I watched whatever was available on Prime. Maybe that did happen. I just was not paying attention. That's, That's fair. I feel possible. like there were a couple... Because it has kind of become like a comfort movie for me, which is a really weird thing to say about a horror film. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of become one that I just like put on in the background and go do other things. Because it's not like a screamy yelling in your face and for most of the movie if you're not looking and you just look up it's like a really pretty like the cinematography gorge mm-hmm. um but i feel like i watched it again to just like refamiliarize myself and there's like a beginning bit which at this point i don't remember so this is kind of useless but <laughs> there's a beginning bit <laughs> like at the very beginning i did not remember happening at all. So maybe Prime just shows you different movies every time to keep it funky fresh. That could be. Every time you watch it, it's a different film. It's slightly different. By like the 30th time you watch it, it's uh, Shrek 2. <laughs> the greatest film of our generation. Or the pixels of our generation. <laughs> oh man. I don't feel comfortable equating this to pixels or <laughs> Shrek 2. <laughs> okay. But back to the synopsis. Yes. More midsummer stuff happens. Then I know I'm skipping a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there's the May Queen circle thing. You have skipped like a pretty crucial like subplot. The thesis? Not the thesis. That just brings tension between oh, Chidi oh, oh, and Oh. I know what you're talking about. Uh Do you? Shitty boyfriend has been like Picked to mate with one of the women because they like soup. They're super inbred. <laughs> they're not super inbred. They try to combat. They try to not be super inbred. Mm-hmm. So they bring in outside sources every year and essentially just murder them. <laughs> yeah, I assume. Based off the events of the film, yes. <laughs> But yeah, um, so while she's, while Florence Pugh is doing the May Queen circle thing, her shitty boyfriend, 
gets real high and goes and sleeps with he doesn't sleep he mates ugh, gross phrasing with one of the local ladies yeah and the, the ritual like that scene was set up in an interesting way because like mm-hmm. one of the aspects of the commune is like everybody feels everybody's pain mm-hmm. and like everybody feels everything so like there's always uh like when the elder couple jumped off the cliff and the one man was still uh aware of his being mm-hmm. it's weird to talk about i don't know when he was they in all pain. started screaming mm-hmm. like screaming in pain until it like they did the big mallet and mm-hmm. I'm not talking about this well. Okay. <laughs> if you see, if you if you know you know and if you don't, good for you. <laughs> I recommend watching it, but it's there's the points where I'm like, this is a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, because that kind of like determines her decision making process. I think. Yeah. So, spoiler alert, she becomes the May Queen because she can run in a circle real good. And she becomes flowers and uh, finds out what her shitty boyfriend did. And it turns out the May Queen gets to choose the last sacrifice for Midsummer, And she gets to choose between shitty boyfriend and some rando. And guess who? It's shitty boyfriend. She does pick boyfriend. So he gets turned into a bear and set on fire. They like paralyze him somehow. I wanna okay, so in my brain, this is how I remember it happening, and I don't think so. Okay. I remember like he does the deed with that one lady, and then like he runs out of the shack they're in and just kind of stumbles around, and I feel like he runs up on somebody and they blow powder in his face. Yeah. But that doesn't seem right. That seems way too, like, magic. I don't think it's magic. I mean, like, there's dusts and stuff that... <laughs> but I mean, like, he, he, he's awake, but he can't move or speak. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. They put him in a bear and set him on fire. And that's the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the movie. I'm sure I missed uh, the plot. I missed the part where the guy from Where the Millers does does he get his face cut off by the lady and like she wears it to bonk Cheaty? Yes. Yes. Yes, that does happen. Yeah. Um So throw that I'm gonna cut that in <laughs> the middle of my synopsis. Cause Cheaty gets got and planted in the garden. And then no, I remember what happens to Shitty Boyfriend. He runs into the greenhouse and finds the London guy, Blood Eagled. And then they, like, then they bonk him. Or do they? They do something that, I think that, the, I think the powder thing did happen. But I don't think it's as, like, magical as you think. Like, I mean, like, there's, like, medicines and stuff that if you inhale. But, I mean, if you go, if you hold magic or hold magic hold powder in your hand and blow it you're gonna breathe some of that in that doesn't seem like a good 
you don't know that like maybe they've been building up an intolerance for moments just like that you don't know their like this Dread is not their Pirate first Robert's rodeo method <laughs> i this i like the way you think that should have been my cult classic movie i love princess bride do you want to record a quick <laughs> redo of the <laughs> no, intro? No, I feel like there's so much cut and paste in this one already, I feel bad. It's okay. But yeah, you never go against a Sicilian when death is on the line. Never go against a Sicilian when death is on the line. I don't think My that's the quote. My family quotes that movie constantly. Um, no, but yeah, this is not their first Midsummer Festival. Mm-hmm. I was confused because I thought at one point they had stated that this was like a big midsummer festival. At one point they do say this happens every 90 years. Which but I feel like that's an unreliable narrator thing though. I don't think they were telling the truth. I think they were lying to make it seem more Oh, uh, to make th- okay, to make the people think that this is like a bigger deal. Okay, that makes more to sense. Get those those good good uh not good to get those thesis boys in yeah that might okay that makes a lot more sense because that was one thing that was like wait if this happens every 90 years i guess they could also like it could have been like a bigger version like a like the 90 years is like a big one and then they just have they do like smaller versions yearly Mm-hmm. But they all seem pretty good at murdering people to where, like, I don't think that that's... I think that the unreliable narrator narrator is probably the more accurate. Okay. And, I mean, there's there's not really, like, any thing in the film to make me think that's true, but that's just sort of, like, in my head how I justified it. Yeah. No, and I, and I think that that makes sense. I really do. Because... That was the one thing that, like, walking away... I had two questions walking away. One, did Florence Pugh stay in the cult? Because I assumed they wouldn't let her leave. But I also don't know that she would want to leave. Because I think the real moral of the story is... The real treasure is the cult that you decide is your family. (laughs) Along the way. (laughs) Along the way. Um... Yeah. Well, I mean, she's the May Queen. That's got to have some perks. Mm-hmm. It also makes me wonder about, like, how much is, like, set up to exist that way. Like, I would like to be able to dig in more to the oh, lore. Yep. You know me. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a sucker for some lore. <laughs> Gotta get that lore. Gotta get it. Um... Because it would be interesting to me if they always, I don't know, it would be very difficult to target a woman whose family, <laughs> like, all passed away and was, like, cutting ties with literally everything. But that's what I think that when she sacrificed shitty boyfriend, that was, like, her final, like, cutoff to the outside world. It's like, nope, this is home now. Mm-hmm. Yeah trying to think if she would have any other I don't think she had any other ties other than a shitty boyfriend so she had like a friend that she talked to oh yeah but if a group of people (laughs) but if a group of people 
all go to a festival and then none of them and like one of them comes back that's extra suspicious if none of them come back it's just like oh they died yep. <laughs> like, uh-oh <laughs> whoops but if one yeah. comes back it's just like you were in a cult weren't you for a minute there you were just you <laughs> sacrificed some friends huh yeah, it's a movie where if you think about the consequences, it kind of falls apart. Because mm-hmm. I, f- I don't know, I don't know international law, <laughs> but I feel like there's something. Uh, all the Americans actually had uh, ambassador <laughs> titles, <Ooh>. so <laughs> so it's a so they have um, diplomatic immunity. There we go. Yeah. Which I don't think that counts for being murdered, but we're just gonna... I feel like it works the opposite way for being <laughs> murdered. I feel like you it gets investigated harder. <laughs> Depending on who did the murder. Nah. Nah. I'm sure the... I'm sure the Swedish people have... Have it figured out enough to where they can fake a plane crash or something. Mm-hmm. Or a... Uh, car accident that's why they don't break traffic laws so that way when there is an accident they're like oh no what a tragedy we told them not to leave this way it's like the and village and hot fuzz every year <laughs> yeah hot fuzz um was a movie that took a very dark turn and actually like ended up creeping me out more than i think it was supposed to I mean, if you look at... The, it's like in that trilogy, quote-unquote, of movies. I feel like they're supposed to kind of freak you out. The last... The At World's End doesn't really work, but... I mean, like, I Shaun think... of the Dead is horror. Yeah, but I feel like they lean pretty heavily into the comedy aspect. I don't know. We're not talking about those movies. <laughs> We're not talking about those movies. Um, we need a shirt that says we're not talking about that though (laughs) merch I love that I might design that we can do stickers Mm. (laughs) enamel pins those are hot (laughs) the t-shirt of the laptop Cinematography. Let's talk about the the cinematography of the movie because I loved it. Mm-hmm. I think that like the very dark, horrid things that are happening juxtaposed against like that like gorgeous scenery and those bright colors was just mm-hmm. his like it was just gorgeous the whole time. I was think I would like pull myself out of the movie and be like, "This is done so well," <laughs> and then I would go right back in. Mm-hmm. I would say the cinematography is like probably the best part of the movie for me. Mm-hmm. It is very well shot. It feels like somebody went to art school and saw Wicker Man and was just like, let's make that, but good. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I just, I absolutely love like watching it. I think that. Um, it- Oh, sorry. No, go for it. I was going to ask, do you have a favorite shot of the film? Um, 
probably like the first shot of like the yellow hut and then subsequently the the yellow hut when it's being burned i think is just gorgeous mm-hmm. absolutely think it's beautiful um i think that every time they cut over to it it does it like breaks up the movie in such a like specific way that i just think is fantastic um i also really liked the scene where the london couple while alive were looking at like that tapestry Mm-hmm. that like kind of went through the stages of like what shitty boyfriend went through it's like you could say he didn't really have a chance to not cheat on danny but mm-hmm. yeah i don't know <laughs> Also, like, any time that it had, like, the folk art, I thought was just gorgeous. What mm-hmm. about you? What was your favorite shot? Um, I think my favorite shot is when they arrive and they go through, like, that sun gate and it just sort of pans through and around. Mm-hmm. It's a very nice establishing shot. Don't get many good establishing shots. A lot of the time it's just like, here's a building. <laughs> it's not the one we're really in. <laughs> Some B-team shot this in New York. <laughs> yeah. But it, it really gives you a, a nice sense of space mm-hmm. and, a, and the color and the, the palette and the panning. I know film terms. <laughs> um, no, I, I think that it was it was great. And like even the scenes where like I liked that and I know that's just kind of how it is in some places where the sun just doesn't really go down. Mm-hmm. But I love that it, like, the whole... Because, like, horror movies always play into, like, everything super dark, super spooky, to the point where, like, you kind of have to, like, lean in to, like, get some details. And then this one is just like, nope, you can see everything all the time, and it's still horrifying. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like some things I feel like it's scarier though if it's like bright during the day as opposed mm-hmm. to like at night yeah cause you're expecting like they subvert the genre as far as like framing the movie shot to shot mm-hmm. which um I feel like the production company that this film was released under Mm-hmm. does a lot of like those artsy sort of films because I think this is the same company that did like The Witch and Lighthouse yeah. mm-hmm. is Lighthouse movie. the it's the Willem Dafoe Robert, Robert Pattinson one yeah. which is another movie I got up in the I want to see it but never have I think it's also on Netflix or not Netflix Prime Uh, I think it is but I just have never gotten around to watching it it looks, I, feel like I, think gotta, I feel like you gotta be, like, ready to watch a movie, though. Mm-hmm. You, you can't just have it on in the background while you're playing Animal Crossing. <laughs> no. Um. Okay, let's, let's do a hydration station. Hydration station. Hydration Hello, and welcome to Hydration Station, the part of the show where we have some water, and you don't think about 
Midsummer for a second. <laughs> so I'm drinking drink, lemonade. Drink up. Drink your water or lemonade. Lemonade's also good. It's basically shandy, just less fun. <laughs> You're not wrong. Ah, hydrated. We feel better. Hydrated. Now back to the rest of the podcast. And we're back. (laughs) Yeah, so do we want to do like kind of final thoughts and ratings on what we think of the movie? Sure. Uh,. Who should go first? I can. Um, Love the concept of a cult. Thinking about starting my own. Um, If you want to join, hit us up at rhetoricalmagiccocktailhour@gmail.com. I do not endorse this. (laughs) When things go wrong, (laughs) I want the plausible deniability in court. Um, I think that it's a beautiful movie, uh, that I think that it's just, I think it's a very interesting way to do horror, and I appreciated watching it. I'm gonna give it three May Queens out of four. Okay, that's an interesting, (laughs) interesting rating system. Uh, as soon as I said three, I was like, that's not high enough. And so I just... So you, you <laughs> took that high number and just popped it, it down, down a bit. <laughs> I like it. Freeform jazz version of rating systems. What about um, you, Matthew? So, um, like you, I very much like the cinematography. I thought Florence Pugh's performance was like very good she Mm -hmm. i really could feel her emotion and what she was going through chidi was there he was also fine everybody else was kind of eh to me but i don't know (laughs) it they they weren't really the main characters of the movie so it's fine um (laughs) you know i don't a hundred percent Love the first five minutes because I feel like it kind of mishandles mental illness in a weird way that I can't verbalize mm-hmm. in like Zach Baggins sort of territory. Yeah, I, I so that's, see that. That's going to affect my rating a little bit. So I would give it a two out of four based on the criteria I laid out before my rating. Perfect. Alright, well let's wrap her up then. This has been Rhetorical Magic Cocktail Hour. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, at Rhetorical Magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, feel free to email us if we got our opinions completely wrong. Just yell at me. Tweet at me and tell me I, I did bad. <laughs> Conversely, also tweet at Ryan that she's doing a good job at being a podcast host because she is. Gross. Matthew's doing a good job. 
Sorry, I don't Yelled handle me about how bad I am well. at editing. <laughs> um. Roast me. <laughs> Roast me, daddy. <laughs> um, thank you for listening. <laughs> Sorry, I got a little off the rails bear there. Roast me. <laughs> oh man, yeah. <laughs> and as we say at the end of every episode, <laughs> clink, clink. Or better because I kind of waited a second. <laughs> they were much worse. Like I had like a full clap and then you started. So I've got to clap first. So I'm, I'm number one. The quote, lazy town. <laughs> is that is that lazy town? I have no idea. I never watched Lazy Town. I didn't either. I just kind of got it through like cultural osmosis. <laughs> I think it's weird number one. I think it's that guy, Robbie Rotten, and a bunch of his clones singing about how great they are. Oh, I would have assumed that it was that little pink-headed girl and the... No, because... Twisty must... The one show where the twisty mustache guy isn't the villain. <laughs> what is his name? It's like Sporticus or something? <laughs> something dumb Probably. like that. Probably. <laughs> oh man. Sport, sport sportsman McGee. Sport boy. And lava girl. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>